Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And tonight, if you'll let me just for a few moments, I want to speak to you on this subject. Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this night. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. And we thank you for the opportunity to open your word and to be spoken to by it. I pray tonight that you would encourage us through this word. You would teach us. You would grow us. You would mature us. And we'll be so careful to give you the praise and glory and honor for it. Let us be doers and not only hearers. And we'll give you all the praise. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated <coughs> in the presence of the Lord. Martha. Martha. I believe that this time of year is um, synonymous with busy. It's a busy time of year. It's, it's busy for the church is busy for individuals, is busy for you, is busy for your family. Really between the first couple weeks before Thanksgiving until the last couple weeks after the first of the year, we all find ourselves being extra, extra busy. The roads are busier, the grocery stores are busier, the malls are busier, everything is busier. And it's very easy, extremely easy, to fall into the trap of busyness. And, and I call it a trap today. You know, I, I have a saying, people will say, how are you doing? And I'll say, I'm, I'm busy. You know, I'm good, but I'm busy. And I'll say, you know what? You know, busy is better than the alternative. And the alternative is not to be doing anything at all. And I don't want to do that. So yes, busy sometimes is better, but busy isn't always uh, the right thing to do. And we, we live in a culture today, and this is one of the things that, that, that bothers me about this culture is we, we, we struggle in this culture sometimes to take any moment uh, to rest. And this culture has painted a picture of if, if, if you are busy, 
stay busy, and look busy, then you must be a success. You know, that, that the, the, the visual, the, the, the visual stimulus of always looking busy makes us all believe that you got it going on and that you're very, very busy. And we all see it. You know, we see it on our, in our social media feeds. We see it, you know, in our connections with people. Um, you talk to someone and they're just talking about everything that they're doing, everything they got going on. And it's always like, oh, God, I'm just so tired. I'm just, oh, I'm just everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Anybody know anybody like that? It's just, oh, my gosh, I can't stop. It's just everywhere. It's just, I'm just running. My whole life is, is just, whew. You know, and sometimes you don't know if that's true. Um, or if it, you know, if it's, you know, a little bit of an exaggeration, or are they really for real that busy? Because we have, we have associated busyness with success. That if you're busy, that you're doing good. That, that busy's good. Busy's great. Busy's awesome. And you should be busy all the time. But tonight I want to remind us in this season that we need to find a merry heart in a Martha world. Not a merry heart, not an M-E-R-R-Y heart, but an M-A-R-Y heart, a merry heart in a Martha world, a world that tells us, Martha, Martha, why aren't you working hard? Martha, Martha, why aren't you doing everything you possibly can? Martha, Martha. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? Why didn't you show up for this? Why didn't you say yes to this? Why didn't you say yes to that? And the words of Jesus to Martha in this story that we read in Luke 10, it, it rings a bell in, in, in my head when he says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Thou art careful and troubled. It's not, Martha, you're troubled about many things, but you're careful about many things. I, 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 it, it rings a bell in my head because I don't really know what he's trying to say there. You're careful about many things? What are you, what are you trying to say? I'm, I mean, we should all be careful, right? Careful is a good thing. Like, you should be careful. I should be careful. Let's take care. Let's be careful. But that's really not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is that you care about too much stuff. You're full of care about many things. That you're so busy caring about everything that it's somehow troubling you as well. You're careful and troubled about many things. Now this this story of Mary, Mary and Martha is, is so common to us as every one of us know someone who cannot sit still. And if it's you, just keep looking at me. Someone who struggles just to take a day off, to sit down, to enjoy the meal. My wife is one of these people. 
Sometimes I will tell her, I'm not eating till you sit down. I'm not, I'm not eating anything till you sit down. Sit down. Sit down. She'll stay late and she'll just be here doing stuff. And I'm like, babe, leave. Get, get in your truck and leave. No, there's still stuff to be done. Well, there's people that are going to do that. Get in your truck and leave. Go home. Stop. 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 She struggles to just rest. Struggles to rest. Now, that's, that's you know, individual. That, that's personal. And, uh, you know, all of us have our different kinds of, you know, our little personalities that we have. And many of us, it's just our personality. We, 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 we like to work. We like to be busy. I do like to stay busy. I do like to, you know, to have something going on. However, I can do nothing. Absolutely. I can actually slide, slide into a professional style of nothingness. Almost a mastery. Almost a master level. Like I'm level 10 doing nothing type person. If I have the time and I know I'm able to, oh, I can do nothing. I'm good at doing not a thing. And that's a little different between my personality and my wife's personality, which opposites attract, and that's a funny, cruel joke that God played on us. And opposites attract, and so we're different. And you're different, and, and I'm different, and our, our, our lifestyles are different. And there's, there are some things that we can't let go of. We, we, we have to do these things. And the story of Mary and, and Martha, we, we find ourselves in this because... Here's the problem with people like Martha is that Martha is so busy, but she's also mad that nobody else is. Martha is, this is who she is. She's a worker. She's, she shows up early. She stays late. She's putting in the time. She's working. She is, the Bible tells us this several times, that she is serving. She's a server. She's cumbered about much serving. But she's not okay to serve alone. The fact that Mary is not serving beside her has made her angry. Her service is now messed up because Mary isn't serving with her to the point where the only conversation she has with Jesus is to ask Jesus to tell Mary to get busy. Don't let your only conversation with God be asking God to help other people get right. If the only time you're praying is praying that God will help other people get right, you're praying wrong. You need to pray God help me get right. But Martha was so cumbered about with all this serving that she wasn't okay just serving. She wanted everybody else to be serving alongside of her. She wanted everybody else to feel what she felt. 
She wanted everybody else to feel the weight of the moment, like this is a big thing. Jesus is here, and everything's got to be just right. Everything's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be in its place. And, and I can't be comfortable with Jesus in my house until everything is right. Oh, Martha, Martha. Many of us, we don't necessarily connect with this story on every level, but let me find you a way that you can connect with this story on a level, and that is every one of us are running around trying to make sure that everything in our life is right before we sit at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus didn't come into our house because everything was right. He came into our house because he wanted to minister unto us. And that's what we do when we sit at his feet. You see, Martha thought that baking the bread would be service. Martha thought that sweeping the floor would be service. Martha thought that dusting the cupboards would be service. Martha thought that cleaning the kitchen and the living room and fluffing the pillows would be service unto Jesus. But she was wrong. Martha missed it. She thought, in my preparation, in my skill, in my talent, in my ability, I'll get this place ready for Jesus and I'll serve him on all these different levels. I'm busy serving him. And when she saw Mark, Mary just sitting at his feet, it, it angered her. Why isn't she working like I'm working? Why ain't she doing what I'm doing? Why isn't she putting in the effort that I'm putting in? All she's doing is sitting at his feet, not realizing that Mary was the one who was serving him and not Martha. He said, Martha, I see what you're doing. I, I see what you got going on, but, but you're really careful and you're really troubled about all this stuff. You, you're so, all this stuff worries you. All this stuff has troubled you. And you are killing yourself trying to answer all these questions. You're, you're killing yourself trying to make everything just right. But only one thing is needful. So good. So good. He said, you got a problem with many things, but only one thing is needful. Oh, but, 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 but the cake need, needs to be baked. Well, that, you're right, but it's not needful. Well, the, 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 the table needs to be set. It does. It does need to be set. But it's a, it's a give or take. It's not needful. Well, all the dishes need to be done. Yeah, you're right. The dishes do need to be done, and that's a part of life. And, yes, those things do need to happen. However, that's not needful. It's a, it's a want. It, it's not a need. He said there's really only one thing that is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part or that good thing which shall not be taken away from her. I'm not going to make Mary get up from my feet to help you wash the dishes. I'm not going to ask Mary to give up this moment so that she can get busy like you are. 
I'm not going to take away the one thing that Mary is doing in this moment. That's really the only thing that is needful. I come to tell somebody tonight that's busy in this season. You're busy. Your life is busy. My life is busy. Busy, 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 busy. And all those things have to be done and we get it. But they're not needful. Your kid showing up for the game on time, not needful. Nice, not needful. Your child having perfect attendance at school, that's cool, not needful. You having the nicest car in the parking lot, that's all right, just not needful. You having that, that next big degree, that, that next big promotion, all those things are great, but not needful. It's quiet in the house on a Wednesday night. That, that, that next good relationship, you, you got to have her, you got to have him, give it, you know, give or take. It would be, it, it would be nice, but n not needful. See, me and you, we're so confused and careful and troubled about so many things that are not needful. Only one thing is needful. That's my relationship with God. And God, listen, listen to this, God is never going to ask me to get up from his feet to go get busy doing something else. God is never going to say, Court, you're praying too much. Uh, God, God is never going to say, you know what, you don't need to do this, you need to do that. You know what, you know what, Court, take your focus off the church. Take your focus off God's people. Take your focus off me. Take your focus off my plan. Take your focus off my will. And, and, and go focus on that job for a little while. It's never going to happen. You know why? Because God can take care of that job. My, my service, my, my serving is, is not a guaranteed key into the kingdom of God. I am busy for the Lord. I like to say it like this. Sometimes I'm working like a devil for Jesus. And all of us understand what that means, and we've all been there in some way, form, or fashion, but it's not needful. Not needful. Because Jesus said it like this, what, what, what would it profit a man? What, what would it profit a man? That, that he would gain the whole world but lose his soul in the process. What, what profit is that? Nothing. It profited nothing. Martha, 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 take your eyes off all that stuff that you're so careful about and all that stuff that you're so troubled about and, and, and you ought to be ashamed that you're not down here with Mary and not mad that Mary ain't up there with you. Because Mary just sitting at my feet, letting me speak to her, letting me pour into her. Here's, here's what we do sometimes. I do it as well. And this is one of the reasons that I love to go to like conferences and stuff. I, I go to conferences sometimes and my wife will tell you, my favorite conference is a conference that I'm not doing anything at. And that's not very, that's not very common. 
Because a lot of times if I show up at a conference, people see me, they're like, hey, what, what you doing? <laughs> Just sitting here. Well, we got to, can we get you to sing a song for us? No. God bless you. And we go to conferences sometimes, and, and, and my wife will tell you this is true. People will be like, hey, but you, hey, are you doing something tonight? Are you going on the platform? Are you going to be up there tonight? I was like, nah, man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just glad to be here. I'm just, I'm, I'm just want to be here. And one of the reasons I like to do that is because I, I have to sit at the feet of Jesus too. And we spend so much time during our week. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this home. And I hope I'm going to help somebody. But we spend so much time in our week doing unnecessary things. They're okay. And they have to be done. I'm not saying that they don't have value. Trust me. We, we, taking the kids to school, working, getting everything done needs to be done, making money to pay the bills. All those things have to happen. But they are not needful. I mean, you have to change, change our concept of what is and what isn't needful. Because Jesus said there's only one thing that's needful. One thing. One thing is needful. And that's what Mary chose. Mary chose the needful thing. You, Martha, Martha, are careful and you're troubled about all these things. But she chose the good thing. And that was to sit at my feet. You only get a couple hours a week at most in the house of God. Only get a couple hours a week in the house of God. And most of us sit here thinking about what we have to do when we leave. Honesty is honesty will set you free. Most of us sit here wondering about stuff that needs to be done tomorrow or even stuff that we could be doing right now. And there are a lot of people that didn't come tonight because they were busy and troubled about so many things. They would say, well, I got stuff going on. And listen, there, the human side of me, absolutely. The flesh, I can understand. I get it. I got you. I feel you. I know I, I, there's stuff that got to be done. But the pastor in me wants to let you know only one thing is needful. Uh, only one thing is needful. Now, And you have to understand that. I need you to understand that. That, that all this other stuff, troubled and worried about all these other things, like I get it. We live in that world. I live in that world with you. I'm not above it. I'm not exempt from it. I live in that world with you. But I have to spiritually remind you that your relationship with God is more important than anything else in your life. It is the number one thing. You know, somebody said, well, you know, you know, we got to balance, you know, we got to balance God. You know, I'm trying to balance God and I'm trying to balance school and I'm trying to balance family and I'm trying to balance, you know, work and I'm, I'm trying to balance, you know, all these other things. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, who made you so bad that you could balance God? 
Like you see the vision of the guy with all the plates on the sticks and he's got four or five plates. He's got a stick on his foot and on his hand. He's, he's balancing four or five plates. Are you telling me that you have relegated God to a small plate that you spin on a stick? That you're the balancer? Well, I know what your problem is. I see it. You have taken the role of balancer. You are Martha, and you're running around thinking you can make all this work. You're thinking you can get all this right. You're thinking you can make, you're thinking you can make your life acceptable to God and us at the same time. Martha, Martha. No, you're not the balancer. Here's what we do. We put God in the center. And we let God balance us. He's the balancer. I'm the plate spinning on the stick. I'm, I'm not the one pulling off the show here, but a lot of us feel that way. We're trying to do that. But God says, if you lean not to your own understanding, but trust in me in all thy way, all thy way, all thy, not some, not a little bit, all, not just the spiritual stuff in your life, but all the things in your life. He said, I'll direct your path. I'll give you the directions. You're not balancing me. I'm trying to balance you. Here's what it is. We got God. God's so big. You can't change how big God is. You, you can't change how big God is. Just because you don't see him as big doesn't mean he ain't big. It was like when I was a kid, there was a little shopping center in Fayetteville, North Carolina, that had a little small replica of the Eiffel Tower. And when I say small replica, literally it was as tall as this platform. A little tiny replica sitting outside of a little shopping center by Cape Fear Valley Mall in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I remember being a kid seeing pictures of the Eiffel Tower and pictures I'd be like, and why are people taking pictures of Fayetteville? There ain't nothing in this town. I've never even shopped in that shopping center. Why are people? Because, you know, on a picture, it looks small. But when I was about 15 years old, I went to France. And I went to the Eiffel Tower. And I realized, oh, this ain't Fayetteville. Because the only way to see the top of it is to literally, like, do that. Like, it's massive. And a lot of us, we see such a, all we see is a snapshot of God. And just because you don't think God is big does not, doesn't make him small. God is big. He's so big you can't even put it into your frame of mind. And when you take him and you put him on the outside of your life, guess what that does to the rest of your life? Bonk. It throws everything off. You, you, put him on, you put him way out here on the edge, he, everything is, is messed up. And you got people coming past, I don't know what's wrong, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is, I just don't know what's wrong. And I'll tell you what's wrong, God is out there somewhere. And your life is out of order. And it feels like, it feels like all hell has broken loose. And the devil's at his games when the truth is, is that you are careful and troubled about many things. The saddest part about this story 
is that Mary and Martha were in the same house. Mary and Martha are in the same house at the same time with the same opportunity. Martha is trying to fix everything up. She's so focused on serving. She's so focused on making it right that she's missing the opportunity to just sit and listen. Here's what the Bible says in verse 39. She had a sister called Mary. Watch it. Which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. What was, what was Mary doing? Mary was not massaging Jesus' feet. Mary wasn't doing something for him. Mary wasn't serving him. What Mary was doing is she was listening. Can I tell you this? And I want everyone in the room to hear me and, and, and hear my heart. You ain't ever going to serve your way into heaven. I want this church to be so full of volunteers and servants of God that everybody in the room feels like this is their church, like this is their place. Like, like I have that vision and mindset, and I want you to serve everybody around you. I want you to serve people on your pew. I, I have a servant's heart and a servant mindset, and I want to impart that into you. I want to serve you. And I want you to serve others. So don't take what I'm about to tell you wrong. I'm not saying don't serve. What I'm telling you is there ain't a door you can open, a toilet you can clean, a person that you can love on, a phone call you can make, a hug you can give that's going to get you in them gates. It's not. Like you serving, I love that. Serve. You should serve. Absolutely. But you need to know that serving is people. I'm serving people. You say, well, no, we need to be servants of the Lord. That's not Bible. I'm sorry, but that's not your Bible. I'm not a servant of God. That's not what he called me to be. That's not New Testament preaching. You know what he called me to be? He called me to be a son of God. I'm a son. I want to serve you, but I'm his son. And there's a difference. Matter of fact, he tells us we are no more servants but a son. Because you know what a servant does? A servant does exactly what it has to do to make sure the check comes in the mail. The bare minimum. The servant shows up, gets the job done, and goes home. But the son sticks around. The son shows up early, leaves late. The son handles everything with care. Everything the son moves, he moves with care because this is his. The son comes in, sees something that needs to be done. He does it. He doesn't say, that ain't my job. 
I don't do that. That's not my job. I just leave that there for somebody else to take care of because it's not my job. That's a servant. A son says, oh, let me clean that. Let me get that. Let me, hey, what's that over here? Hey, can I help you with that? Why? Because this is my house. Because everything the father's has is mine. But I am a servant to you. Me and you serve each other. That's, that's, you know how you serve God? Let me tell you how you serve God. Serve people that can do nothing for you. Serve with no expectation of getting anything, anything back in return. Just serve people. That's how you serve God. You serve others. You serve in the house of God. You serve people. You, you, you serve your neighbor. You serve your sister. You serve your brother. But it ain't going to get you in. Not going to get you in. What's going to get me in? One thing that's needful. What is needful? What did Mary choose? Mary chose to sit at his feet and hear his word. <laughs> All this is good. Thank you, Martha, for making it nice. But you need to sit down, Martha, and you need to hear what I got to say. Many times we as Christians, especially career Christians, as I like to call us sometimes, myself included, I'm a career Christian. So easy, it's sometimes easy for me to slip into the thing of like, I'm busy for the Lord, so I must be right. You know, I'm working, so I must be good. You know, and I equate all of my busyness as righteousness. And that's foolishness. My busyness is not righteousness. They said, Jesus, your, 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 your mother and your father and, and your sisters and brothers are standing outside waiting for you. And Jesus said, who is my mother and my brother? Who is my sister? He, he said, the ones who do what I say, that, that's who my mother is. That's my brother. That's my sister. Your busyness does not equal righteousness. Does it? You got to get along with the Lord. You got to hear him speak. You got to put down the dishes, girl, and let him talk to you. Well, I'm busy, Pastor. Like, I get it. I get it. Our world has funneled us into uh, a trap. The trap of busyness, the trap of Martha. I get it. There's a lot going on. Absolutely. But if there's one thing you could do this holiday season, and if there's one New Year's resolution you're working on, if there's one thing you can get ready, get right, you want to say that one thing is to sit at his feet and listen to what he has to say. Let me get along. Let me get my Bible. And let me read his word. Because that's how we sit at his feet and hear his word. Is we spend time alone with him and we let him speak to us through his word. And that, that is the only thing in your life that is needful. And I know that seems like a, just a over, like a, like a crazy paintbrush that pastors is painting in your world like this is it. That's the only thing that's needful. And it may sound crazy, but I want it to sound crazy. I want it to sound crazy because I believe that God is crazy. 
I believe that God is countercultural. I believe that when, if you really open this word and you start really reading it and you start applying it to your world and this culture, you're like, yeah, I got work to do. This is wild. I'm way off. And if the word doesn't do that for you sometimes, then maybe you need to read it again. Because there ain't no way to pick this Bible up and think that any of us are doing it well. Because if I had every Mary in this room stand up, it'd be a sad number. But if I asked every Martha to stand up, it'd be most of us, myself included. But I want us to hear the words of Jesus tonight. Martha, 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 you're so careful. You're so full of care. And you're so troubled about all these things. You care about all this stuff. You care about all these, all these people. You care, about, you care about all this stuff. But there's really only one thing that's needful. Here's, here's what I know the Lord is telling us. Is that if you get the one thing right, all this other stuff either won't matter as much or it won't cause you so much trouble. Because it's really not that I'm focused on these other things. It's that they trouble me. I'm troubled by it. I'm troubled by all the things that I care for, I care about. So he says, if you do the one thing that is needful, these things, will, these things have a way of taking care of themselves sometimes. It'll, it'll happen. It'll fall into place. You'll get that done. I promise you, you have time. You, you have time. You just don't think you have time. You have time. You have time to do what you want to do. You got time. I see you on Facebook. You got time. You got time. Well, I don't know if I have time to really just sit down with the Lord and read. I just don't know if I have time to do that. Yes, you do. You got time. You can wake up a little bit earlier if you needed to. You can go to, you can go to bed a little bit later if you needed to. Will you look me dead in my face and tell me you ain't got no time, but also give me your phone, let me look at your screen times percentages? Will you do that? No, you won't. That's okay. You don't have to. I don't want to. I'm not your daddy. <laughs> Thank God. But you got time. We keep saying we don't have time, but you do. You got time. You got, you got time to do the things that you really want to do. You'll make time for that. You'll make time for that. If you don't think you got no time, if you don't think you got no time, well then, maybe the next time, maybe the next time you find yourself blindly doing something for an hour or two, just blindly doing something, do a self-check on yourself and go, hey, you know, I just spent an hour doing something totally mindless, useless, and I probably could have at least taken half that time and giving it to the Lord in some way. 
And I'm not talking about sitting around like, oh, God, you got to come through. Okay, you can do that if you want to. Now, you can do that. If, if that's how you roll, you do you. I'm fine with that. But you don't have to do that. You could just sit quietly, open up your Bible, meditate on the word. Read one scripture and just meditate on it. Read one story. Close your eyes, breathe, and meditate on the word. I ain't talking about yoga. I'm not talking about, and somebody said, well, that's Middle Eastern religion. Well, you know the Bible is from the Middle East. Hello. <laughs> Wake up. This is not a, this, this book was not written in Colorado. This book was written in the Eastern, yes, it's the Middle Eastern religion. They meditate. David said, I meditate on your word. Day and night, I meditate on it. So don't be, yeah, read a story and close your eyes and meditate on it. Let it sink down in your spirit. Let it work on you. Just give it time, time. Only one thing's needful. I know you're busy. I'm busy too. We're all busy. But only one thing is needful. And I gotta, I, I have to stop the Martha that's in me and wake up the Mary that's in me. And everybody sitting in this room you got a Mary and a Martha in you. But some of y'all letting Martha win so long that, that Mary is weak. And, and you need to let, tell Martha, 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 sit down. Sit down at his feet and get that word open and, and, and listen. Take time. Me and my wife are spending some time with, with family and friends over the Thanksgiving weekend, and we got in the car to leave an event that we were at. And I told my wife, I said, I'm so jealous of them. She said, what do you mean? I said, I'm just so jealous. I said, I don't want to be, but like, I'm struggling. I'm jealous. I said, why are you jealous? I'm jealous of their time. They, say, they got so much time. So what do you mean? I said, well, in that conversation, I said, I don't know if you heard it, but two or three people mentioned TV shows that are new, that have just come out. And both of those people sit there and said, oh, I don't watch every episode. I, I said, baby, do you know how long it's been since I watched anything? <laughs> These folks have watched every episode. Where do you have that kind of time? Please, let a brother borrow some. <laughs> Cut me a time check. Shoot me a time sale. Cash time me. I don't know how. Time app. Time at me some of your time. How did you watch every episode? What are you doing? I want to say it out loud. I want to go, hold up, stop. Conversation, stop. Eric, did you just say that you watched every episode? Oh, yeah, I, just, I watched her. It just came out. How are you here right now? Did you take two days off of, and sit and then did nothing? How did, I'm je I, told my, I told my wife, I said, I'm jealous of that kind of time. And then those same people would be like, yeah, I'm so busy, I ain't got no time. Well, I can tell you why you ain't got no time. Because <laughs> you know, watch three shows, which are two seasons long a piece, hour long episodes, that's 10 hours a piece. Like, if you do the math, if you do the math, you have spent... 1,200 hours in all of those shows, or not 1,200 hours, 120 hours, 120 hours, all those shows, 120 hours. Dude, dude, that's days. You spend days 
in a dungeon watching the show. But, but you ain't got no time. You got, you got time to do the stuff you want to do. Martha, Martha, sit down. Sit at my feet. Hear my words. You've listened to everybody else's words. All their words, all their words, all her words, all his words. You listen to everybody else's words. Sit down at my feet and hear me. As your pastor, if the only thing I do for you and your spiritual walk with God is to get you on a daily system of opening your Bible, I've accomplished my goal. Because I believe that within its pages are the questions and answers of life. And you will find salvation if you read this book. You will find hope if you read this book. You'll find answers to literally everyday problems, issues. It's in this book. There is no excuse for a person that would call themselves a Christian to not have a diet of the word. A diet of the word. I, was, I had a meeting uh, yesterday <clears throat> with the owner of a radio show. And uh, what not, not the owner of a radio show, the owner of a radio station. A very popular radio station in this area. Some of you probably listen to it. I'm not going to say anything about it just yet. I'm going to let the Lord work this out. But I had a meeting with the owner of a popular radio station in this um, area in Atlanta, uh, a big voice in Atlanta. But th they came to me. They came to me, said, hey, we want to meet you. I got a phone call several months ago, said, I want to meet you. I want to connect with you. I didn't realize it was the owner of the station. Came and met. And, uh, you know, I... I didn't really know what the meeting was about. I had no clue. I just, you know, we want to meet you. Like, okay, I would love to. It'd be great. So we met. I realized this guy is the owner. Like he owns this radio station. It's a big deal, you know. And he says, um, he says, uh, he said, the reason that I'm I'm here meeting you, he said, because several years ago, you started ministering to me. Several years ago, you began to minister to me. He said, I just randomly found you on YouTube one day. He said, and as a, as a, as a pastor, as a, as a you know, person that speaks all the time and as a man of God and as a large business owner, he said, like, I need word in my life. And he said, for some reason, I just connected with your, your voice and your, your music and your preaching. It's just like, I'm just like, you have ministered to me. And he said, in a, in a meeting one day, I just said, has anybody ever heard of this guy? I need to meet him. And one of my people in my room said, oh, yeah, I know him. He actually is in Loganville. And the guy was like, you talking about Loganville, Georgia? He said, yeah. He's like, no way. He's like right here. So this is how the guy set up. And we were having a conversation yesterday. And, you know, we got on a little bit of uh, some, some stuff from the word. I just started quoting scriptures and and and. And, you know, bring us a point out. And I said, you know, it says over here, it says this, 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 that. And I said, but then you go over here, it says this, 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 that. And then, like, I realized that they were just, like, sitting looking at me like. And the guy said, I need to hang around you more. He said, because I, he said, I just got, like, two or three messages from you right there. He's like, I, I, need, he said, I need some good messages. I need to hang around you a little bit more. Get some messages. 
But what I realize is that normal people in everyday conversation, they don't, they don't apply the word to those conversations. And you can get yourself in a lot of trouble not being aware of what the word says about a situation. And my just common, my common thought process and my, my, my common conversation with these men, it, it impressed them how much word that I knew. But for me, I didn't think I was doing anything but just having a conversation with them about the topic that they were talking about. And when you can get the word in you like that, and, and when you're making decisions, you're like, okay, well, what did the word say about this? And, and when you're going through situations in your life and you will, what did the word say about this? And when there's pain and suffering and trauma, which there will be if you live long enough, you can, what did the word say about that? How, you know, what, what and, and, and something I love to say in counseling sometimes is let's bounce that off the word. Like this situation, let's just take it as a situation, and let's bounce off the word of God. What does the word of God say about this kind of situation? What does the word say about that? What does the word say about this? And, and, and when you do that, all of a sudden you have a clarity, and you're like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to do what the word says, because you can never go wrong with doing what the word says. But if you're so busy trying to serve him that you can't hear him, how do you know his word? If you're so busy trying to do all of the actions that, that you think that it takes to be a Christian, but you're not sitting at his feet and hearing his words, sitting at his feet and hearing his words, how do you know what to do in that situation? How do you know? A lot of times people come to me, they call me, I need to have a meeting with you, and we have a meeting, but I'm really just telling them what the word says. And they really could have just went to the Bible themselves and found that. And I understand that as a pastor sometimes you give the guidance and you do bring clarity. And you say, what about this? And they're like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. Well, this is what the word says. And you're not going to go wrong. You're never going to go wrong with that word. If you do what the word says, whatever this situation is, marriage, success, problems, family, kids. If you do what that word says, God honors obedience to his word. Who's my mother? Who's my father? Those that do what my word says. God will honor that. But if you don't know it, if you don't know it, read your word. Don't, don't read religious books. Read the Bible. Don't read religious books. If you don't know the Bible, don't read religious books. Why would you read a book about a book that you ain't never read? Get the Bible in your heart. That way when you do pick up a religious book later on, you can go, oh, that's trash. Because that don't come nowhere near what God said. You know, I don't care who the person is that wrote it. That everybody's not right. Everybody don't have the, the right agenda. But know the word. Sit at his feet. Hear him talk. In this season, most of all, when we're so, so busy, don't forget the one needful thing. Martha, Martha, you're so careful. And you're so troubled about all these things. But Mary, Mary hath chosen the one needful thing. And I'm not. I'm not going to take her away from that. I'm not going to take her away from the one needful thing. Would you stand with me tonight? I hope I didn't step on nobody's toes too bad tonight. I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't 
uh, make anybody feel any kind of way about serving. I, we all need to serve. I need to serve. You need to serve. We need to serve each other. We need to serve the Lord. Yes, absolutely. All those things are right. But, it, but it's in moments like these and, and, and seasons like these that the realization hits us that we got too much going on. We really do. We're too busy. If I can't find time to get along with my God and hear what he has to say, then I'm too busy. I am too busy if I can't find time to spend alone with my God and let him speak to my spirit. I'm just too busy. And some of us need to repent tonight. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for being so busy that I haven't spent any time with you. I've been to church, but I ain't really spent no time with you. I've been in the building, but I haven't really spent any time with you. And that's what we need, to sit at his feet and hear his word. Would you pray with me tonight? Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.